Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season three, episode five, chapter 21, The Pirate. Uh, I I realized today they're chaptering these things, and uh-huh. that really makes the episodes of Mando that are in Book of Boba Fett doubly confusing. <laughs> Chapters usually don't don't skip story uh, when there's story to be told, but you know, but whatever. issues of comic books do. That's what I'm saying. You just have to embrace the comic book nature of the storytelling here. Yeah, true. Uh, how'd you find this episode, Aaron? Uh, it's another action first episode for the Mandalorian, which I, I always enjoy. Like, you know, who doesn't want to see a squad of Mandalorians? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just ludicrously cool, right? A squad, a, a, a commando unit of, of, of Mandalorians landing in the middle of a planet being besieged by pirates and just wrecking shop. It's like... Seal Command Team Six shutting down Barbarossa from Pirates of the Caribbean in the future. Like it's it's mm-hmm. extremely cool. Uh, it's very neat. I liked all of the action. I like. I've been I have been waiting to see this armor open up with that hammer for four yeah. years now, and it was glorious. And the tongs uh, going out of hammer and tong, literally. Mm-hmm. I am increasingly skeptical of what they're doing with the politics of the show, though. And, and not even just mm. the cult stuff. Like, it seems like the double Fs are hell bent on making the chronology of the sequel trilogy make sense. Like, they have to have the New Republic just already sliding into full Imperial, uh, you know, control. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because it just makes the New Republic look like a whole bunch of buffoons. But also, yeah. it's also a bad sign when it's like. I, I, I don't know if you should be painting with gr- shades of gray like this on a Saturday morning cartoon because, like, I feel like I'm taking the wrong sides on a couple of these things, or at least the <laughs> sides that the show doesn't want. Now, they might hmm. be accounting for this, and they're going to do some kind of epic philosophical political judo flop at the end that really impresses me, but, like, I, hmm. I don't know. And it's keeping me a little bit from fully engaging with the material. What about you? Yeah, no, those shades of gray are definitely there. I'm mean, looking at the Elliot stuff or... Uh whatever her name is alaya kane um i'm like boy yeah this stuff is they're they've got me on the fence about this stuff and that's good in most shows and i think that's good here it's just like hmm when when are they gonna drop the other shoe because there is clearly another shoe to drop uh but yeah i i enjoyed this episode i thought it was fun i'm i'm a little I, I found it a little strange that, uh, you know, Mando's taking his crew over to Navarro and he's just going to live there now uh, with the rest of them because I was kind of expecting them to do something with IG-11, but they haven't even reassembled ig Eleven statue. Like, it's still half no. disassembled, laying in a junkyard somewhere. They don't give a shit about IG-11. Now uh, they have new which... protectors. They're never going to reassemble him. 
uh, are you challenged? I mean, because like I feel like them continuing to show the the statue with the the part of him that's actually him missing right is, is checking in and, and letting us know. Yeah. But Just yeah, it's, you know. what do they need him for at this point? He's I already accomplished know. the mission that he was trying to get IG-11 for. Now they have far better protectors than IG-11 could ever be, and a whole gang of them. That's true. That's true. You have so what do you a, need a hundred Boba Fett's now? You're you're fucking done. I I played with right? him on the tabletop. He's doing twin attack, dual attacks, dishing out four D twenty damage every turn. You just yeah, you can't stop him. Uh, now that they got a hundred of them, um, just let I, IG-11 I don't know, rest, but man, it it will be an epic fail if they don't do anything with IG-11 this season, right? Like, it'll be, oh, yeah, check it offs, to be this season. Checkoffs droid, battle droid that just never checkoffs, mm-hmm. never checks on. Totally. Yeah, so I don't know I what like they're it. doing with him. Um, but yeah, the other stuff is is interesting, I suppose. I like I like Captain Tiva. You know, he's the he's the guy who's been oh, yeah, kind of uh, rambling around the galaxy here in the New Republic and well, it's sort of out on the outer rim. I guess that's his post. Uh, I, I do like that. That feels like uh, if you take out the New Republic of it all, I do like the way they're weaving in this story about the marshals and the rangers and the uh, mid and outer rim border patrols. And it gives it a very, mm-hmm. you know, the Mandalorians always had this kind of wild west or explicitly western feel. And these guys remind me kind of like the cavalry, right, that are out there saving people from raiders and whatnot um it seems like he knows what's up too which i i appreciate he he sees the things that are happening out here he's like this is something's going on here right we need to we need to nip it in the bud and boy i'm with him and he really wants the new republic to succeed and live up to their ideals um Mm -hmm. which is admirable you like that but it might be impossible logistically so Mm. who knows yeah. Uh yeah. So good episode. What do you say about getting into the recap? Let's do it. This is the ad break. We will return. I have spoken. We're getting geared up for the sixth annual summer badass fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off badass season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre, we're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was, and those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. 
Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture, and creed, we still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your life. Join our tribe! Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping. This podcast is in your care. Welcome back to Tribe of Two. All right, we start off with uh, Gorian Shard showing up at Navarro. Grief tries to bluff him into leaving, but Shard calls his bluff and begins indiscriminately blowing up the city and its residents. Grief refuses to abandon his people. Uh, He's going to evacuate them all. Oh, shit. Oh shit! Another another libertarian is going to learn the lesson of uh, rugged free market enterprise uh, with no cooperation with any <laughs> any government. So it's like ah, I don't want to. We don't want to fucking pay taxes to the new republic. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. We're being attacked by a giant space pirate. Call the Call fucking the- new republic. <laughs> yep. We want them to send us the service that we have scorned and 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 not pay. Like what? I, I okay. All right, this this is going to be my core problem with uh, the episode because, like, I, I don't know, I don't, sure. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know what you do in this. Like, I'm, I, I start watching. I'm like, oh wow, the Mandalorian's going to deal with some like tricky resource allocation management. But nope, nope, it's just that uh, they're effectively going to have a a radical street gang that they're going to bribe into fighting off the pirates, and that is right. that is Kreef. That's that's grief. Karga being a genius. He's <laughs> sure. He's he's yeah. I mean he's yeah. He's he's just really really going it on his own out there. It's it's a it's a bizarre it's it's a bizarre setup for this thing. Yeah. Um. It's also a little bizarre to me that they're retreating to a place with no cover. Like the lava flats seem. <laughs> if Goryashard's goal is to kill you retreating yeah. to a wide open space is probably not the best way to go unless you spread out i mean if you just say okay you run that direction you run that direction everybody runs a different direction right miles like, I apart refuse, maybe i refuse to abandon the city except with all of the businessmen we're gonna just run off into the desert abandoning the city uh and it's yeah, like yeah. yeah he's i don't know he's uh the c3po droid the hatchet face C-3PO droid mm-hmm. tries to say they want to negotiate and he's like, no, we don't negotiate with pirates. It sets a bad precedent. But I'm like, well, why don't you negotiate them to keep them from destroying your city and then betray them 
to the New Republic when they arrive to, to, to punish them. Or Bad the, precedent, Aaron. Who's going to work with them if they betray the people they've struck deals the with? Pirates? The yep. pirates? The pirates? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is all bad faith, too, because he's like, oh, you shot my helmsman for no fucking reason. Well, your helmsman was shooting up our school for no fucking reason. Oh, well, I'm going to shoot. It's like, eh, it's, mm-hmm. these are pirates. These are pirates. <laughs> right. Pirates for all time have their lives been forfeit to every civilized sector of the world ever ever like pirate flag yeah. you're going to be hunted by literally every other legitimate thing on the sea so like yeah fuck them download an mp3 we're gonna get you we're gonna murder you <laughs> you wouldn't pirate a, uh, a, a house space station. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't steal a space station but yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't pirate a, a independent libertarian trade planet would you ah <laughs> oh, shit you would fuck well we got no answer to that our our, our dvd campaign failed yeah uh captain tiva gets a message from grief asking the new republic to help them with the pirate situation tiva decides to go back to coruscant to ask for permission to intercede how long is that flight it's pretty short right you're on the outer rim you fly to coruscant it takes what a day I mean, it's a couple hours. Not, no joke. It's kind of an established thing in Star Wars that the faster hyperspace ships can cross the galaxy in a day. Mm-hmm. Like it's like well established. It's uh, happened many, many times. So like I, yeah, Starship, uh, Star Wars galaxy is small. Uh, yeah. Sounds ridiculous. I uh, personally, I send the message and I start heading back. I don't ignore True. the message because the message is probably right. going to travel faster. Although if you're traveling faster than light, the message can't travel faster than you. So I mean, no, I mean, you can also <laughs> do hyperspace communications too. come can on. Can you? But hmm. I mean, right. surely, surely. I mean, it would only uh, make sense. Otherwise, communicating but, would take ages. Did they did they come up with an alien arrangement for like vietnam era war rock that they're listening to on this base like this is 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 this the alien version is this the tatooine version of fortunate son that they're playing because like i get that i got that vibe that like psychedelic rock you know yeah there was something different about the theme this episode captain Captain tiva smoking smoking snake leaf with his boys in the barracks as they complain about their lack of resources and the cynicism Mm -hmm. of the new republic and yeah a little napalm in the morning kind of stuff sure Mm, smells like smells like failure in outer rim (laughs) did did you recognize this large alien gorian shard no, no, no! Or, the one that's talking to Tiva here that they have oh, a conversation. Oh, the big bat, Batman, as yeah. I was calling him. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, should I have? Well, so I, I did uh, as much as I have a no cartoon stance on this show. I did, you know, my son was the appropriate age. We watched a, a fair bit of the first season of uh, Rebels, and uh, I didn't remember this this guy's name. And I'm not actually sure this is Zeb Aurelios. Uh, mm. who is one of the main characters in the Rebels series, and he's a Lasat. And this alien design is based on the original Ralph McQuarrie sketch for Chewbacca. And uh, nice. they, they brought it in as essentially as a, as a new type of Wookiee, because um, he essentially plays the Chewbacca <laughs> role, except for he speaks basic. Um, they so like made I said, a I'm good not sure if this is with Chub- with changing that design. Mm-hmm. This guy not nearly as lovable looking. Uh, you put vampire bad ears on him and call him Lestat, and I think you have a lot of people making fun of that. <laughs> yeah, but Chewbacca <laughs> yeah, called... is a much better design. 
Uh, yeah, Chewbacca. Yeah, this guy, uh, Ralph McQuarrie, like, came up with some kind of cadaverous, rotted fish face looking fucker. And, uh, yeah, Chewbacca <laughs> was definitely better. But I, I like how they uh, they rifled through the old designs to come up with this guy. And, again, I, I don't mm-hmm. know if this is Zeb or not. Uh, doesn't it, it? And it makes no difference to me whether it is or not uh, or if he's just some other random Lasat. But, yeah, if uh, you're one of them, they're Rebel fans, probably buzzing. Yeah. All right, Teva asks uh, a new Republic colonel back on Coruscant for the resources to protect Navarro. He gets the brush off mostly thanks to Elia Kane. Uh, her meddling? Why would she stick her nose into this if she was not working for uh, whatever faction is out there uh, against She's the new Republic? She's working for whatever faction's in there. Like, this is yeah. the... Yeah, this isn't... I, I thought maybe this, this she was working for the new Republic... And she is, but there's some kind of double, triple, quadruple agent thing going on here. Right. It was it was pretty ambiguous last time we saw her, which Mm. I enjoyed. I thought that was good. Here it becomes a little less ambiguous because there's no way she jumps in this conversation unless she's up to no good. Or maybe, I I don't know, let's spin this. Let's say, oh, well, Elia is just looking out for the best interest of the New Republic. This planet has declared independent. They have resources that are already spread so thin, maybe they can't afford to waste them on that, and she knows it. She's worried that the colonel is a softy, and he's going to go protect this independent planet at the cost of the New Republic uh, planets. Am I a terrible person for, like, totally agreeing with that argument? Like, it's one thing if you have plenty and everything Uh is uh stable and you're like, our neighbor is under attack, um let's go help them and maybe that will win them over to our side that'll be something that we can use to to bring them into the fold but like that's not the painting that uh that's not the portrait that's being painted of the new republic um right you do have to make tough decisions on who gets assistance and who doesn't when you've got scarcity like this going on and Mm -hmm. like yeah fuck like it it's it's it just really kind of grinds my gears that uh, grief Karga is that the first episode is like yeah fuck those new republic we're gonna say, we're gonna be lean and independent and we're not gonna pay our uh, new republic taxes and we're gonna exploit the loopholes and be in both and then like the second that the obvious thing that was it would happen in that is that your one fucking world against a million and you're gonna get your ass stomped in happens and then like oh come and help us and yeah i yeah like uh maybe maybe they it would be admirable if they if they did but like it's entirely understandable for a a, a bureaucrat in coruscant to be like yeah there just ain't the ships man i'm not gonna let three uh-huh. republic worlds fall to save this fucking outpost yeah that has has not contributing to our cause and has and- renounced us and all these things. yeah Here's the other thing. Maybe they can cast Tim Meadows in this role and me take him seriously if he mm-hmm. plays it to be taken seriously. But Tim Meadows is playing his kind of like uh, well-meaning doofus yeah, routine. Totally. And like it really is a it's really a misstep. It's not it's it's not something they should be doing. Is it or is it exactly what they intend? I mean, I look at the the way that they're portraying the New Republic here and it's not flattering. It's a bunch of entitled self-concerned uh socialites it's a bunch of barely functional government a bunch of people using imperial technology and claiming that like ah, this has nothing to do with the imperials we'll we'll use it different we use it for healing not killing 
Uh, and it's this guy who's kind of, yeah, like you said, a, a bit of a bumbling doofus. Um, how do I think they're intentionally the doing this? Or is like, did the empire just collapse because they're like, that's what, that's the ultimate end game for all fascist regimes. You just eat yourself from within because Perhaps, like, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, or maybe they just only had the unifying threat. Um, but like, I, I, I yeah, don't I'm not know. saying like it makes sense it glo- like globally in this story, but it's clearly what they're trying to portray the New Republic as. No, I get it. I just don't know that I like that they're portraying the New Republic as just a clown show. Like it's just very like yeah. you're that's that's a way to erase the shades of gray um, uh-huh. and then make them less impactful. So I I don't know totally. And also it's it can uh, am I I'm getting super whiplash going from Andor to this. Mm-hmm. Where you actually had like um, imagine Luthen here in Tiva. Like if, if if he went to Luthen and been like, "Hey, got this guy. Didn't want to join the Republic. Said something about being a libertarian free trade zone. Didn't want to pay taxes. Now they're getting their ass stomped by pirates." Luthen would not yeah. only not help; he'd probably send a couple proton torpedoes <laughs> to finish the job, and like let the word get out that this is what happens when you don't fucking back the new republic against the right. empire and piratical regimes. You fucking outer rim fucks. Who do you think? Yeah, that's exactly how that would go. And I'd kind of like, yeah, all right, that's kind of tough love, but yeah, it's definitely math like checks a, out. It's definitely like a new boss, same as the old boss kind of thing that they're doing with the new mm. republic, where like. The Empire was sloppy for different reasons. They were overconfident. Here, the New Republic is sloppy because they're just not good at this. Uh, right. You got you like the, the fascists were too gripped up and too brittle and too tried to control everything. Right. And the too New rigid. Republic and is and they believed like, that they had control over every single thing. Right. right. And the New Republic is just like, hey, what is control even, man? You know? <laughs> sure, sure. So there's like two, two sides of the same coin. And I... I guess I'm I admire what they're trying to do with that, I guess, but I don't know that they're doing it super successfully. Certainly not as successfully as something like Andor uh did its story. And it's fine. Like I said, Mandalorian doesn't have to be man um it, it doesn't have to be Andor. It doesn't have to be the Mandalorian, but But it's reaching for those toys, right? It like it's is, it it's is playing with it those is playing. toys. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. kind of breaking them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, it's fine. I do like Tiva. Um, I, I he I, I like that he's inventive here. You know, he's got a soft spot for the people out on Navarro because he's been with them. Uh, he's on the outer rim. He probably knows some of these people, and there is a solution to be had out there, and he finds it. And I think that's yeah. that's good. He's he's a good cop, underfunded, pressed mm-hmm. for resources, but still trying to do the right thing with uh, the, the the things he has at his disposal. Trying to make you know, trying to help people help themselves. A lot of the New Republic's mm-hmm. are not going to help, but uh, I know this kind of insane culty street gang that could probably do something, and there'll it be does. no knock on knock. There'll be no knock on consequences of a resurgent Mandalorian Empire under the right, control right. of religious nut jobs. So <laughs> yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 10 years from now he's gonna be like god damn it I wish I could take this helmet off yeah as armies <laughs> of millions of Mandalorians that yeah, oh yeah you can't even yeah <laughs> yeah he's part and of it yeah all must become Mandalore uh-huh. yeah mm-hmm. uh, I, I can you imagine have a bit of a problem you, with his methods but we'll talk about it can you imagine practicing that on uh, fucking 
Coruscant where there's a hundred quadrillion people living like oh uh, my god where can I get away from everyone to eat you know uh-huh. there's just not enough there's not enough <laughs> not enough square feet on the fucking planet you have to have to eating pods it. stacked eating pods like that's what you do they're just like tubes yeah. tubes like uh-huh. half the size of those uh, coffin capsules they have for the salary man in, in Tokyo there uh, you, you step in there and you scarf the food down because like you only get 30 seconds <laughs> right uh, just build the food into the suits. That's what I say. There you go. There you go. They got all kinds of pouches. Uh huh. They're just going to be loaded with Capri Suns full of organic nutrients. Yeah, they camel packs, their... right? You just exactly. Yeah, you get that exactly. tube, stick it under the helmet, and you're good. Just, just, just go on an all applesauce diet. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> At least they can take their pants off because that could be bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Grief leads his evacuees to camp, uh, to to the camp, which is behind a rock. <laughs> it's a big rock to his credit, I guess. Uh, he promises <laughs> them help from the New Republic, but who knows if that's coming. Did you pay our New Republic taxes? No, wait, let's, let's just uh, one question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like how these people, oh my God, like they were so proud of being independent and... I mean, I don't know. It's funny because, like, you know, we had that the uh, we had that bank run a couple weeks ago, and I'm probably speaking out of turn. And but like, I just thought it was really funny that all these Silicon Valley tech bros who have disrupted the shit out of our country and our economy was suddenly mm-hmm. like, "Oh, did anyone else know that our deposits are only insured up to four hundred thousand dollars? What, what, what the fuck is this yeah. bullshit? Where's our ba-? like, I'm like, like I don't know, man. You got disrupted, dude. You got mm-hmm. disrupted. But <laughs> anyway, let's let's move on before we piss off a third of the audience. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I have a lot to say, but we should probably move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiva mm-hmm. flies out to the Mando's covert to ask for their help with the situation on Navarro. He gives Mando the message from grief, then takes off, and Mando uses this message to petition the rest of the Mandos for an intervention to save Navarro. Uh, Also, he decides to go for the double ask here, which is pretty impressive, uh, pretty ballsy. He also tells him, hey, we should just all move over to Navarro and stay on my land now that I'm... Now that I'm a, a magistrate as well. He's probably a low magistrate. I don't know. Yeah. A mid mid magistrate, mid, <laughs> mid match. Yeah. Uh, and Paz Vizla gets up and and backs him because Mando saves his son, and everyone's like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, like I I was actually surprised at how fucking pussy the Mandalorians are being. Like, you know, uh, they're like, oh, "I don't want to fight." Oh. Like, you guys are a bunch of fucking bounty hunters. You fight for money just cause. Mm, like I think that you know if you had a cause that you could believe in like you know, having your children live without fear and playing in the sun that they will, they will never feel on their poor little faces because they're wearing helmets 24 <laughs> 7 365 anyway uh, but I yeah I thought I, I, I didn't buy it for a second I'm like there's no fucking way Paz is going to stand up there on his tree trunk legs and say and 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 sell the Mandalorian out. No way. No way. Not with that previously on they showed for this episode. Yeah, no yeah. way. For sure. Yeah, I was gonna say I liked how Tiva found them because th- th- that's a pretty complicated roundabout way to get there. But I loved it because R five apparently had some tracking chip in him or something because he was part of the the re- rebellions 
forces at one point, uh-huh. and then they've got R5 now that Mando bought him from Pelimato. It's I, I think it's, it's a long way around, but I think it worked I, out pretty well. I think it's funnier if R five actually made an official request to be extracted by the New Republic because he's like, yeah, I thought sure, the Death sure. Star trench was dangerous. This fucking Mando shit is crazy. <laughs> I saw a crate dragon. There's not even supposed to be real. Like, yeah. I get me out yeah. of here. Get me out of here. I'm a I'm a vet. I'm a I'm I'm a combat veteran, right. and I demand I demand to be extracted. Um and uh, I. Yeah, I, I like the the cultural detail of them holding the hammer like it's the conch. You know, whoever holds mm-hmm. the hammer gets to speak to the tri- to to all the tribes. I thought that was uh pretty cool. Um, it was funny how they had to you know for the sake of drama have the entire covert kind of like going against the tide of helping the man. Like they're all kind of murmuring and skeptical, and then Paz gets up there and whips them up, and then they're really and then Paz is like, I want to know why we're gonna fight. It's because we're fucking Mandalorians and all the uh, then like within 10 seconds, all the other Mandalorians look at each other. Oh, that's true. We are Mandalorians. This is what we kind of what we do. Shit. What mm-hmm. what were we grumbling for? It's I don't know. Not yeah, very they, stoic. Not very stoic. This covert. They're, they're gossipy little bitches in the shadows <laughs> of the cave. Yeah, they complicate it because now somebody knows where they are. Right. Uh, Tiva knows. No, where that's their another thing. Is. And so now they have to move, but right. he promises not to tell anyone, but they're still gonna move. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like they're the the pain of moving is already imposed upon them. So Yeah, so I guess it, it, the thing I love about that is like the solution wasn't there really um until Tiva comes in and blows up their spot and then they are forced to leave. Like Tiva creates the problem for them that allows them to come yes. do his dirty work. So it's a little manipulative on his part because he knows. Mm. He obviously knows. As soon as he flies in here, this covert is blown up and they're going to have to leave. But does he it's know a pretty that the has got do. a land offer from Krieg? No, no, or, certainly. Or, or he, he's just thinking like, well, they're going to have to, they're either going to go along with my plan and I'll yeah. get what I want or I'm going to force their hand by making them move somewhere. Mm. And he's just shitty. He's just shitty. He goes in here and totally disrupts. <laughs> yeah, especially their at lives. the end where he's like, "Hey, I just want you to know, I know you're going to move no matter what I do, but just just so you know, I'm going to get the cheap social credit of promising that I'd never right. ever betray your location." Like, right. okay, okay. No, it's kind of it's kind of a shitty thing to do. Anyway, um, so they they're on their way to Navarro, the Mandalorians, and they're planning their operation, uh. Looks like it's going to be a two-pronged attack, which we'll see here in a bit. Uh, I couldn't help but notice when Bo is talking to everyone here, she is talking in yous and not uses. And I think that's different. That feels different than the previous episodes, and I don't know what's changed here. Say that again. When she's like, you all, you know, believe in this and you all do this, it's not we, it's not us. Who, but is that Bo it's or Bo. the armor? Bo is saying And that. I get it. She's uh, not like officially, officially part of this, but she kind of is. Like the armor has made her, you know, brought her back into the way or whatever. And hmm, she's interesting. not talking like she's part of this covert, which is a little strange. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, I admired in the previous episode how the Mandalorians all fought as, like, individual warriors. They weren't using, like, unit tactics, and they're just kind of, like, improvising. And and uh, it felt like a, a game of pickup basketball where it's like, you know, they don't have, like, 
stra- uh, tactics and strategies planned out. They're just uh, it's it's an all star game, right? I hear Bo saying, like, to make this work, you're going to have to fight as an integrated unit. And we see them do that, which I don't know if that's I don't know if it's as cool as them just kind of like being the just really superlative one on one warriors that also kind of mesh well together. But I don't know. I guess it was. Yeah, I mean, this I, don't, fight... I, I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know if it's cool seeing the Mandalorians be like a seal unit and doing all the little hand gestures and all that kind of crap. But it's but that's eh, what they're going to do. I mean, stuff takes a lot of training. I don't think you could just drill a couple of times on your way over to the battle and have that down cold. Right. Uh, So apparently the Mandalorians all all trained to fight as a unit for their bounty hunter missions. So then they just don't. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anyway, let's get to that fight. Uh, The pirates are partying it up on Navarro and Mando's team arrives and begins attacking Gorian's ship. Mando's drop down to the surface and begin taking back the city. The pirates resist, but you know how this goes. Corian Shard's killed in the attack, and Vane Vane gets away. I think. Oh wow! That right? you're just covering the whole damn thing. Yeah, Vane. Yeah, does let's talk get about away. the whole thing. Uh, I have a real hard time imagining that the Mandalorians could ever get "quote unquote" boxed in, <laughs> dude. How do they you box have, they, in troops Each and with every packs? one to a person has jetpack on their back. Yes, yes. And they're like, oh, we're getting flanked. We're getting flanked, boys. No, fly, right. you idiots. Fly. And they're saved by someone flying into the... Yeah, no, I uh-huh. thought I actually, I thought that was going to be point. Like, I was, like, like, leaning forward in my chair. It's like, oh, my God, these pirates are going to try to flank these guys, and they're just going to get punished with their superior mobility. But no, no. the main sort of forgot that they could fly. Ridiculous. And they cannot be pinned down in two-dimensional terms. They got the Z-axis unlocked. Uh, yeah, this this uh, Jetpack's tools of convenience for the writers are. It's a sad state. I I hate it's this fine. stuff. This All is the need- stuff that makes this show a joke to me. Is when they have obvious outs and they're writing for effect and not considering the tools that they have at their disposal. I'm not sure which of the two scenarios I'm about to outline is sadder because I keep on thinking when I see this shit, it's like there's got to be just a shit ton of lieutenant colonels with nothing to do now that the war on terror is over. When Can we not hire a few to consult for these Hollywood writers to just kind of draw up some basic strat that would like actually be cool and stuff that we haven't seen before and reflect yeah. the capabilities of a modern 21st century fighting force, let alone something that's supposed to you know be 10,000 years I'm not sure it's more depressing that they just don't. They're just like, nah, fuck it. We're going to do the same kind of cowboys and Indian shit we've been doing since the 40s and 50s. And no, no one understands a bit of this stuff or that they have hired said lieutenant colonels. And this is what they're coming up with because it can't be. They kind of suck at their jobs. I don't know. I don't I, I wouldn't think so either. I wouldn't think so either. I mean, if but I'm it, sitting on my couch eating Doritos, right. that's thinking, true. man, why don't they use their jetpacks? Yeah. <laughs> I would hope a colonel would. Uh, do something better than that, but what do you? But know? they're running with the rule of cool, and it is super cool to see Paz yeah. hit streets like a thousand pound dropship and just start laying down the pain. Yeah, he's a um, tank. It was. It's a nice. It's. It's. There's a, some nice. Uh, you know, momentum flows back and forth. I like that the the pirates decide to abuse and terrorize the lizard monkeys in the tree to salacious crumbs, and mm-hmm. then it pays off the next scene when the. The monkeys are telling the Mandalorians they're walking into an ambush. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought the, the armor, armor, yep, 
armor coming down and 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 laying down the law it, it that did not disappoint um and i know <laughs> i also think it's um where are you at with these space pirates literally being pirates of the caribbean with like bionic shit strapped to them i mean you're not wrong i do think you, it's crazy do think you think cool. i like yeah are you asking do i like it um yeah i, I, I don't warmed like up to gorian shards design this episode that's I, the one thing that's still ugh. i just think I, I was thinking it's cool to have a plant-based life form i guess because you don't see that very often a lot of the times it's it's more like creature based right it's like animals or something like that but to have a plant-based life form i think it's cool like there's got to be some kind of plant-based thing out there that's sentient it just it, i don't know it just de- definitely looks to me like they took the swamp thing and davy jones and they just like blended it in light wave 3d model and there you go but i, I yeah for sure it, it I like that the pirate ship kind of looks like a pirate ship. It's got a prow. It's got rows of like cannons on each side. I like especially that it has a big old wheel, a captain's wheel that he gets to spin. Mm. And uh, I also just really like um, I I think that there's something visceral about naval combat that I like when they they do this with like Star Wars or Star Trek. And we, we see him see this on Picard too but like yeah there's something about like just blowing up some dude ship and having him crash that's just very satisfying mm-hmm. uh, it really punctuates like this giant ship crashing into the outskirts of the city and detonating it's uh, it's very very satisfying and visceral yeah I like the coordinated attack the, the two prong thing where Mando leads him away in his extremely fast and agile N1 that thing I continue to be thoroughly impressed by the N1 yeah. Uh, it's maneuverability, it's speed. It's crazy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a great ship for Mando right. forever, but mm-hmm. they it, it's really been a nice change of pace, this like kind of elegant scalpel compared to the sled, the sledgehammer he oh, had before. Yeah. If he was trying to bring the Razor Crest into here, he would get yeah. it just destroyed yeah. by those guns. And that's I, I like that too. Like they have this thing where it's like this uh, light assault transport can kind of sort of menace the pirate ship but like it's completely overmatched when the snub fighters get there and just mm-hmm. as the snub fighters about to you know mando shows up and take yeah it's it's really cool it's uh and i even liked the uh, the way that the uh their snub fighters are lashed to the deck like the boats of a sailing vessel would be like sure. it, it's even like the design of the ship it's like there is a recessed area that's kind of like the deck with the gunnels on the side and and uh, I, 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 I get a kick out of the Age of Sail shit in the galaxy far, far away. It's really cool. Gunnels. Gunnels. Are those, is that just like gun a pirate whales. version of gun holes? Uh, it's, it's a shortened form of gun whales. Gun whales, I, okay. I think it's the, yeah, it's like the, the, sl- the sides of the ship. Gotcha. Uh yeah, so that's the battle, and then afterward, grief thanks the Mandalorians and officially gives them some land on Navarro. Then Bo is summoned by the armor, and she asks Bo to remove her helmet, so she does. The armor says over and over and over again that all the Mandalorians have to walk together, uh, and apparently Bo is the one who's going to unite them. Then they both go out to the other Mandos, and the armor explains Bo is going out to find other Mandos so they can retake Mandalore. She is a daywalker. She is Blade. She can walk between the worlds. Yeah. It's, uh... 
She's she's going to infiltrate. She's going to be she's being sent forth as uh as a proselytizer. She's evangelizing the way mm-hmm. of the Mandalore, um, like the Apostle Paul going to the Acropolis. I I don't know, man. I they they definitely are playing this with a hint of menace. Uh, you can saw you see it on Bo-Katan's face when the armor is like, you know, all of Mandalore must come together as one and. Um, but there's also the hint of maybe they will find what is the essential parts of the way, you know, like being there together and camaraderie and, uh, sharing things communally and taking care of the, the young ones and showing them the way and maybe realize that the, the other things aren't as important because I know like, um, uh, there's a lot of people I, I follow a little bit of like some ex cult recovery groups and whatnot. And there's a lot of them that are star Wars fans. And there's a lot of concern about what we talked about last week, which is the Mandalorian, maybe soft peddling the effects of these kind of cults. And, mm-hmm. and there's enough of like dark music and like dark looks, but ah, I don't, I, I, I'm not exactly sure where they're going with this. Yeah, I always thought it was going to be, yeah, they're going to find some middle path where it's like the things that are cool and admirable about this kind of like religious unity could be retained and the things that are controlling and dehumanizing could be moderated or ejected. But like, I, I, I honestly don't know where they're, they're going. Do you still think that's a path that the, that's open or are they just going to be like, no, actually, the way of the Mandalore is cool and everyone should walk it? It's feeling more like they're pushing toward the latter now and that the the redemption here is going to come through Bo and it's going to be her just full conversion because I still think she isn't there, right? And like part of the reason is, so I mentioned that stuff earlier about her speaking in yous instead of uses uh, to, to get to this scene where I think the armorer is noticing that. I think she's noticing she's not fully committed to this thing and she's sending her essentially on a pilgrimage or a test of faith right out there to find other mandos to go be of service to this cult. I, th- I think it's a dangerous path, but she probably knows that because there's a lot of, you know, temptations and different ideas out there and stuff. Uh, but it's, it's, it's like a rum springer, right? This is her rum springer. <laughs> I, was about, I was about to say, <laughs> and she's going to go off. She's going to find Woody Harrelson uh, and Bill Murray, <laughs> and she's going to get really good at bowling. Oh, yeah scam scam all the ex-imperials at laser bowling uh-huh uh-huh i don't know that's what it felt like to me like this is all the, the stakes here are the heart and mind of bo katan not like are the mandalorians gonna change because it the more i see the more it's like they don't want the mandalorians to change hmm. they, they want the world to come around to the mandalorians rather than the other way around yeah, and the thing is, is like I I think you can have whatever weird religious practice that has meaning for you that you want to do. Um, like I don't even have it a problem with like uh, people wearing helmets. You know, uh, there's there's all there's many religious uh, societies today that um, expect like you know certain extreme forms of dress and restrictive forms of dress to to show piety, right? You know, it's like okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I just like excommunication is a human rights violation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's I. It, that's no like joke. yeah. If you, like it. It is. It, it, if it, once it goes from individual matter of faith to like everyone that you know and love in the community is going to eject you. Uh, yeah. It's believer else. There's yeah. a threat there, right? 
there's yeah. there's leverage applied and a threat and yeah it's it's pretty good like i said i think it's also like if communities like if you're behaving in a way that's offensive to communities and you get in the cold shoulder by everyone again making a decision is like this person's acting crazy and we don't support this and we don't want like that's probably fine too but yeah i mean mm-hmm. like i said I, I i grew up in a, a, a fucking cult where like teenagers got cut off from their families because they got a tattoo or smoked or stuff shit like shit like that had premarital sex <gasps> um <laughs> yeah and i just can't i just yeah i just can't roll with that i'm sorry like if that's what the mandalorian's like i'm gonna be very unhappy if uh I, and, I, and i'm not super unhappy because a lot of people in in email have asked us um because I, I do think, I'd, I'd expect that they're going to do something else. Because there is a little bit enough of the hint of menace in what's going on here. It, even in the storytelling they're doing that I, th- I think they realize that. But like, boy, okay. oof. Oof, I am a little more nervous after this episode than I have been before. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Especially since Bo seems to be swallowing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Because like I said, her experience is a bunch of feckless fuckboy Mandalorians that abandon you and the glory is gone or you lose your sword and uh i understand like you know i i I don't know if we've talked about this or this is something i was talking about in social media but like from the outside a lot of people that don't have familiar as the inner workings of the cults a lot of stuff does look admirable like look at these people coming together to like rebuild this home that got destroyed in a hurricane or look at the fact that like you know you can go like any covert can go to any other covert and be accepted as a brother and there's no questions asked and the unity and the apparent Mm -hmm. love and all that stuff but like that is such a facade that they maintain to the outside world and they you know well it's a control mechanism it's exactly it's, it's getting people accustomed to that lifestyle and that benefit and using it right. as a, a lever to keep them engaged in the behaviors right. they want them engaged in. But it's also not genuine brotherhood and unity. A lot of times it's performative uh, on pain yeah, of like punishment and excuse. Yeah, like that. You know, I've known like some they're... people who genuinely certainly do that stuff and feel that way but yeah it's i've but also, also a lot of artificial fakey you mm-hmm. know kind of th- thing too so i and they haven't really shown even when J- jen jaren got excommunicated it was kind of like well he fucked up you know mm-hmm. uh and he needs to atone and you know he believes he needs to atone other so i i i eh, i'm i'm medium worried about where they're going with this and it's it's not just that it's the tim meadows of everything it's the 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 clownish cartoonish way they're dealing with their shades of gray and it's like yeah they are playing with these very adult toys in a very saturday morning context and i am a little worried that it's going to impinge it's going to impinge upon my enjoyment yeah with you all right uh that's not the end of the episode it could have been the end of the episode, but they decided to put one more sequence in here where Tiva, he's out flying just in the middle of nowhere, just the middle of nowhere. He's out in space and he stumbles upon a damaged Imperial shuttle and he investigates, discovers, oh, it's actually Moff Gideon's transport ship and his body is missing. There's a fragment of... Wow, autocorrect just went fucking buck wild on that word. Uh, there's there's a fragment of Beskar. What did um, he correct it to? Bessarabia? What the hell? I've never heard that word in my life, and it capitalized mm. it too. Uh, oh, wow. So you, place, just, you just insulted the, the, the two great religions in <laughs> the outer rim. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's a you fragment of Beskar on the ship. And Edit they that jump. out, Jesus. <laughs> 
There's a fragment of Beskar on this, a Bessarabia on this ship, and they jump to the wholly unsupported, in my opinion, conclusion that Mandalorians must have freed Gideon. Because there's Beskar. I mean, look, Werner Herzog had had Beskar. Like, you can't claim that Mandalorians are the only ones right. in possession of Beskar. That's absurd. Plus, it's if you believe that shit, it's the easiest thing in the world to, to frame. Right. <laughs> it's right. like if if they wanted to, like, blame Rastafarians, like, look at this knitted rainbow hat. It's uh, only, it's like, hey, come on. Especially since they abandoned the mines, the Beskar mines, which are clearly, like, you can go down there, you could get Beskar out of it. Right. Yeah. And now there's no yeah. Mandalorian. Because before, maybe, okay, you had to kill a Mandalorian, right? And take this. And that was tough. So it'd be harder to like fake something like that. But, but now you can just go to Mandalorian. Mandalorians died. Like I'm pretty sure there's totally, been yeah. wars and battles and I I it is it's it's odd that they do leap to this conclusion, but that befits a Saturday morning cartoon nature. Because, and I think like, Tiva's skeptical of it too. I don't think he's buying it. I think he's yeah. like, hmm. Well, my question is, do you think that the Mandalorian because here's the thing. I think there's two possibilities it could be that the moff gideon is framing the mandalorians mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it could also be that uh these lost exile sheep uh mandalorians that abandoned bo katan and whatever are working for moff, moff gideon they, they were hired to do this yeah. job and it's not that all of mandalorians are like pro-imperial it's just that you know this one this one band is yeah i mean it's it's a thin line between bounty hunter it's, and mercenary, but it's right? also really hard to believe that any Mandalorians would willingly aid the Empire after they sure. genocided yeah. their planet. So it's like you'd have to be an exceptionally cynical, hard bitten, fuck it type of Mandalorian to go along with that. Totally. And maybe those is who are following Bo are. I don't know. Is it weird to you that they lost Moff Gideon's transport that like until they found the wreckage yeah, and investigated it that like so that implies that there's someone in the New Republic that is and like, this massaged. classified ship right there there was a there were details on a ship that was in the area mm. or whatever that's missing and those details are classified that's mm. wild I did like the R2 units, little periscope detaching and flying around as a remote drone. Like, uh -huh. that yeah. makes a lot of sense. For, again, I just love when they, they retro discover these astromech <laughs> capabilities that make them really good astromechs. Uh, uh huh. It's super cool. And yeah. it's, you know, for a Saturday morning cartoon, kind of grisly. Like, this reminded me of the scene in The Abyss where they're going through the Russian sub and they're just like the the remote vehicles are floating through and there's just dead russians floating everywhere and it's like they didn't have mm -hmm. a, i, I surprised they didn't have a space crab come out of one of their mouths this start as a jump scare <laughs> but it's like yeah it's like this yeah. is kind of macabre for the saturday morning aesthetic that they're going for yeah every once in a while they do something like that i like it gives you a little pg-13 flavor mm -hmm. give you give, give, give chills to all the seven-year-olds out there watching we have to rid this planet of enemy sorcerers. We'll be right back. Commission podcasts are an awesome feature here at Bald Move that allows you, the individual listener, to decide what we talk about for a single podcast. The community loves it because it often leads to fun fan favorite films and TV shows that we've overlooked getting the coverage they deserve. And we love it because we're constantly exposed to great stuff that's not even on our radar. 
The way it works is simple. You go to support.baldmove.com and you click on commissions. Then you pay the flat rate for the commission and tell us what two-ish hours of content you'd like us to make podcast on. Then we'll contact you for details, advanced feedback, and any dedications you'd like to make. Then we watch the thing, discuss the thing, turn it into a podcast, and pump it right into your ears. We get consistently great feedback on how much our commissioners love their podcast, and they make great gifts for the dedicated Bald Move fan in your life. And who knows, that dedicated fan could even be you. Treat yourself. Check out support.baldmove.com for more info. You've been listening to quite a few Bald Move podcasts now, but you're not in the club? Whoo boy, you are missing out. Not only are all of our premium club podcast feeds completely ad-free, but we have lots of other great content exclusively for people in the club. There's a weekly lunch with Jim and Aaron where we chat with fans about anything and everything from TV and films, food, fun, life advice, and more. But there's also Off the Clock, our premium podcast where we talk about all the shows we don't have time for on our public feeds. Plus, you get access to our full spoiler-filled first-run movie reviews of our newly released films. Don't forget Instant Take and Talk Podcast, where we give our hot takes and discuss television shows with our fans live and immediately after the episode airs. With mega shows like House of the Dragon coming this summer, we're going to have lots to talk about. Not to mention access to our fun and friendly community of club members, with exclusive Discord channels and a dedicated forum. It's one of the best places on the internet to hang out and chat about pop culture. Bottom line, you're helping two regular type guys in the Midwest make the content you like to listen to, which some would say is rewarding to itself. Help keep the lights on and the bits flowing at Bald Move. And get some awesome content for yourself. Head to support.baldmove.com to join the club today. Beskar belongs to the Mandalorians. This podcast belongs to you. Here's more Tribe of Two. That's it? Uh, I have feedback. All right. Shall we consider it? Please. Mando at baldmove.com is how you want to send uh, feedback to us. Uh, first up is Sean. He says, for the most recent Mando, the ship that Jedi Keller and escaped on was owned by the Naboo Senator. Padme flew it in episode two, but at the time of the Order hmm. 66, Jar Jar Binks is the canonical Naboo senator. So <laughs> not it's you got you get you get you're getting a double Ahmad Best uh mm-hmm. redemption because his much maligned character, Jar Jar Binks, apparently has organized the shuttle to save the younglings of Coruscant. Apparently. And it's saved by actual actual uh, Ahmad Best. So can I, throw, can I throw some cold water on this? Do it. Can I say they probably make more than one of each type of speeder and this could be one of any like that's saying oh it's a ford focus so it must be your mom's <laughs> well i mean come on the, <laughs> but isn't it a thing that the the nabu royal family does reserve the right to use the chrome ships for like their official diplomat so it's like oh, it's not oh, just I'm, anybody. I'm sure i'm sure that's what they're going for you know yeah. but yeah. real world there are probably like millions of those made uh, Jim is a Jar Jar truther, apparently. So he's not buying the official <laughs> narrative here. He's not buying the official narrative. Uh, Sean says, also, if you are ever able, especially before Ahsoka airs, please watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars. As a lifelong OT Star Wars fan that's jaded with the prequels and most of Disney Star Wars, the last four episodes are some of the best ever made. Well, you know what, Sean? Bold of you to assume that I'm going to watch Ashoka. 
Uh Ahsoka, Asaka, let alone this fucking cartoon shit. You keep pushing on me. No, I'm never going to. You know what? I am never, ever. I'm I'm not having any more children. I've been I've been destroyed in that capacity. That's the only possible reason. Grandkids sat on my knee. I'm going to say, fuck off of here. Granddad doesn't watch Star Wars cartoons. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. I'm you can't make me. And then you'll show them the holiday special. Yes. And that'll crush their their hopes and dreams. All you fuckers out there need to watch the holiday Star Wars special to even (laughs) begin to understand my point of view. And if you're not willing to do that, then (laughs) then choke on a bag of galactic dicks because I'm not watching these cartoons. Uh, Mm -hmm. I get a little worked up. But like, my God, three seasons now, people are trying to ram this goddamn cartoon down my throat. And it's not going to happen. It's not going to (laughs) happen. Christine says John Favreau and Fellini have already hinted about all the stuff in Mando, Boba, and the upcoming Ahsoka series are going to connect and that we might be getting it all coming together in a cinematic film at the end, Jesus. which assumed to be a Thrawn type of climax. The Ahsoka the- series comes out this fall, uh, and I know she's going to be after Thrawn. Um, Like I said, I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to watch Ahsoka. I might do the Andor thing where I just let and see if it's cool because, man, just half the shit that they've made, literally half the shit that's made has been been bad, has been really bad. So, like, I I mean, for me, it's been well more than half. I'm just talking about the Star Wars stuff. Like, what Mm -hmm. if they, like, Mando is not bad. Ah, Mando's borderline for me. Boba Fett's bad. Obi Wan was bad. Um, well, it's bad by reputation. We didn't even bother to watch it, but like exactly, hear... I'm not going to bother on something yeah. that everyone says is bad. Uh, the prequels are bad. The sequels are bad. Yeah, it's been it's yeah it's 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 been a New Hope, uh, which you know is aged pretty well. It's Empire, which flawless, no notes. Uh, Jedi, which is flawed but a lot of fun. And then I liked I I, I kind of like I kind of I I like Rogue One. Uh, but yeah, almost oh, everything else yeah, has yeah. been has been bad, uh, except for Andor and a little bit of Mandalorian. Uh, but I do like Thrawn. I am a big Thrawn fan. I would be excited mm. to see what they do with Thrawn, but I also am scared that they will fuck up a great character. Yeah. You know? This is how they get you. Yeah. It's like, you, uh, raise your hand if you thought that there's no way they could make Boba Fett look stupid. <laughs> The canonically coolest character in Star Wars, and they fucked it up. So, like, no bets are off. All bets are on. Uh, Christine continues, they're adding context to the sequel trilogy with how the First Order was able to rise after the defeat of the Empire and how Palpatine was somehow able to create a clone for himself. It's trying to bring it all together, albeit sometimes they do it better than others. Uh, I honestly, it honestly doesn't bother me the way it does other people. I find it sometimes awkward to switch mentally from one thing to the other, but ultimately if the content is cool. Why would I hate it on it is my perspective. Uh, the rule of cool. Um, yeah, I, sometimes beautiful things can grow when talented people try to take over after hacks and salvage the plot points that are there. But, man, the New Republic is just an all-time shit show to collapse the way they did and and, and, and let the Empire reconstitute. But I guess it's they're going for a World War One, World War Two type of thing. Sure. I can see it. Um, you got to stamp that shit out, man. Like, this is, this is the problem. They're trying to, like, 
play with the 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 kid gloves on here with the old imperials and use what remnants they can of that system for their own ends and you can't you just got to stomp out every last ideal that allowed that to happen because if you don't it like a like a smoldering fire it can rekindle itself right and then burn your fucking house down so yeah yeah we'll see if they get there i don't know i mean obviously they don't right because the new order pops up so Unless they just like they just make that Star Wars Legends and just you know I I don't know there's nothing Legends, they can do the to sequels un- yikes there's uh, <laughs> no way they can unfuck the it, sequels huh? in my opinion they're yeah. like they had one opportunity where all the main cast of the original trilogy was alive to do something mm-hmm. cool with the Skywalkers and it's all done and you know what good riddance the Skywalkers uh they're done they're done they're done and we, we we would do well to go on and tell bigger stories set in this awesome fucking universe but that's just my opinion zach says i caught the part of last week's cast where you guys mentioned you can hear grogu starting to try to vocalize i thought it would just add that uh pointing out all the sub subtitle captions for grogu changed at the beginning of this third season from cooing to babbling which are of course respectively determines uh, for sounds a baby makes before attempting to replicate actual language. That's cooing. The sounds that a toddler makes are linked to language. The first attempts at actually fo- forming words and speaking, babbling. Seems we are definitely headed for some actual first words from Grogu pretty soon. We always wondered how they would start actually aging Grogu up from a technical perspective, but it looks like, to me, this is the way. Contra to your findings here, Zach, I noticed that at least one subtitle for Grogu was subtitling him cooing still. But I take your point. Right, and he's transitioning. And and also, uh, he's actually said like no shit words like on two separate occasions. So they it, the they're definitely transitioning him to an older phase. Um mm-hmm. do, do they skip the toddler phase with him and he just goes right to like five, six year old child so he can start speak kids like I do hope they hurry it up. I d I don't want this to be the raising Grogu show. Uh, I don't know what gro- like a teenage Grogu looks like though. Like they, 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 hmm. they got a whole bunch invested in how cute Baby Yoda is, and once he becomes Teen Yoda, <laughs> what do they do with Teen? Well, Yoda? I think they can mature his mind and his abilities, and maybe not his body quite as much. Right? He doesn't have to look like Yoda in the next four years. He doesn't have to have. But that's hair creepy too. Out. Like a swaddling infant on the battlefield, cutting people down with lightsabers and force lightning and shit like that's Yeah. Force that's Holy shit. <laughs> that's a horror show. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that could I be mean, amazing also. Okay. They have taught Luke Skywalker has taught Grogu enough to use the force. Right. And he already instinctively mm-hmm. used the force enough to like throttle some people, attack people, and uh, he's being trained to be a bounty hunter mm-hmm. who is a it has a very amoral creed. You know, I can bring him in hot. I can bring I can bring you in cold. Uh, what what does a, a, a poorly trained Jedi strong with the force do when living the Mandalorian creed? It seems like a recipe mm-hmm. to make him into a dark Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Without the the guidance of Luke or some other light side Jedi, 
Yeah, you know, canonically, they've never wrestled with the dichotomies that they have in the expanded universe. Like Kyle Katarn found a way to force choke fools and force lightning fools, but still tap into the light side because it's not it's not the mm-hmm. horrifying force power. It's how you use it. Right. Are you, you can, can you use force <laughs> lightning for defense? Um, I don't so know you if you can just force choke with- someone for defense. Sure, you I can. did a I did a lot of yeah. morally questionable shit in Jedi Knights and and dark and mm-hmm. dark forces. I I don't know. I don't know that you can do that. And not not. Uh, but so did Luke. I mean, look at Luke in oh, the yeah. early goings of Return of the Jedi. He's just mm-hmm. just gleefully mowing people down with his lightsaber. But uh, anyway, uh, Virgilio says you and others have discussed the introduction of Katie O'Brien as a means of finding a replacement for the Cara Dune type character who will be featured in a series about the New Republic Special Forces. I think Disney is overlooking another actress who has seasons of wearing mechanized armor and playing at least one planet's most elite marine force. How can we get Frankie Adams demo reel to Disney execs that need to see it? You know, if the Disney execs need to see a demo reel of a legit six foot plus powerful woman that has stomped around in sci-fi power armor for five seasons uh six seasons oh no five seasons i mean they're just they're just bad at their jobs which i'll submit they are i think the star wars executive brain trust has been shit for i don't know a decade ever since they took over from lucas uh what do you think about frankie being a new republic marshal yeah let's do it yeah, I have no problem with She's that. Great. That'd be awesome. Because actually, I got other plans for Miss O'Brien. I, she needs to be in season two of The Last of Us. And I don't uh, want her signing some mm-hmm. bullshit long, long-term deal to, to this outfit. Yeah. Yeah, they'll probably just put her on a moped anyway. So It it does feel like Disney Plus has their hooks in Katie, though. They they got her. They, they got her on Ant-Man. They mm-hmm. got her on Mando. Uh, they, they got plans. They got plans for her. Disney has plans for everyone. That's the problem. Disney hires yeah. every actor in Hollywood for some role and then kind of keeps them on tap. John says, are we supposed to believe this goddamn foundling snatching dragon with two sets of nostrils can't smell a campfire directly below its perch? For me, this is the most unbelievable as almost as unbelievable as the Power Ranger Vespa. How much more is Disney going to make me suspend my own belief this season? Well, I mean, also, the dragon had a Mandalorian in its gullet for, like, two days uh, and horked it up at the most dramatically appropriate time. Uh, those are, those yeah. are nostrils. Those are those are feeding tubes. Uses its mouth <laughs> to carry its prey, but it doesn't actually eat through its mouth. It eats through its, what you call nostrils. Yeah. Uh, alternatively, those are not nostrils. Those are ram air scoops that increase its uh, oxygen uh, mm-hmm. potential to allow it to to fly faster and stronger and at higher altitudes. Yeah, it expels air out its backside to propel it faster. Of yeah. course. I mean, you've seen like cave, like cave fish or cave like they they have fully functional eyes, but they're blind. I think that's like they. Uh, this uh, this species smells so bad that as an evolutionary defense mechanism, they've evolved uh, they've devolved the sense of smell. It's the babies. The babies smell awful. Once they, yeah, they it, turn it, into adults, they're fine. Uh, but the babies, honestly, are John, you're, you're sounding reek. like a guy. You're sounding like a guy who hasn't watched the f- last four episodes of Clone Wars. <laughs> if you check that out and spend thirty minutes on Wikipedia, you wouldn't have any of these problems. All right. Yeah, Ahsoka will so, deal with all this. We'll get this in the fall. 
Try being a real Star Wars fan, John. Have you ever tried loving Star Wars for real? Not just faking about it like you're doing, but just like, you know, really putting it into your heart. Really tearing into him. Oh, uh, he's going to have to bathe in the bathwaters of bald move to atone for this sin. Mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, Matt from Philly. Maddie from Philly, rather, says, One sentiment I often see online is how this show is doing too much to set up the sequels with trying to establish a cloning storyline for Emperor Palpatine. But personally, it makes sense to me that the Imperial Remnant would look for a way to try to get Force powers into regular soldiers to combat the powers of Luke Skywalker, regardless if Palpatine was to return or not. Do you think the show is sprinkling too much prequel, pre-sequel content, rather, or are people just looking for something to hold against it? Feels like the latter to me. Like I don't. Yeah, I get they're they're doing a lot of things on this show, but I don't take offense to them trying to do something to get to you know a Thrawn slash Palpatine thing. I mean, if they do it right. Um salvaging something from the sequels and doing something cool with the, uh, the transition. And then the other thing they got to figure out how to do is how to get past that, you know, how to get past mm-hmm. the Skywalker saga. I think it's, I think it's kind of admirable and cool. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical that the way they're going about it is going to get there, but it's a, it's a valid impulse to try. I mean, and I don't I feel it like it hasn't felt like too much to me. It reminds me you? of like, like well, I'd, that's one, but it's we're now getting into the thick of it where there's this buffoonish sure. New Republic stuff and I'm like already kind of like, I don't know about this. But it's it's like when Angela King took over from The Walking Dead and there was like, you know, uh, a good season, a decent season, a couple of okay ones, and then just like four seasons of bullshit that she had to build the, a conclusion for The Walking Dead on. And I thought it was really admirable the way that she took plot points that were ludicrous when I watched them in real time. But like when you refer to them in a kind of a hazy kind of past, like, oh, this is actually a a cool spin to like just imagine like what if that but actually was handled good and use that as motivation. I think you can do that. I think you can build bridges over past and through bad content to get the good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It just remains to be seen if the double F's can do it because I, I, I don't know. They're just a little, they're just a little two guys out in a sandbox playing with their star Wars figures. A little too reverential yeah. for that, that part of the, the, the experience in a way that the, the guy who did Andor, I can't remember his name. Uh, who made it clear he doesn't really give a shit about the Star Wars lore. Like, it takes a person that's willing to do something out of the box to get something like that, that fresh and and and, and genuinely cool set in the universe. So, I like I said, I, it's hard for me to say it's it's too much. I am I am a little worried and skeptical of the way they're doing it and the tone at which they're doing it too. It's kind of like you know, like that's a scene in the Mandalorian season two where the scout bikers couldn't hit a tin cup from 10 feet away Mm -hmm. like that's the memes of star wars if you start storytelling best of the based on the memes of star wars then you're just going to be eating your you're just going to be consuming yourself uh yeah i'm with you and it rarely it rarely comes out as cool and it's something it's like i don't know yeah I, i i hate that i hate canonically making the stormtroopers pathetic they shouldn't be yeah yeah it, like you said it was it was a meme thing that came out of the the genuine attempt to make something cool in the original um yeah they didn't set out which to already make... 
You know, like yeah. I've said it once, I've said it a million times, like all of the canonical examples of star stormtroopers being bad at their aim, quote unquote, was when they were deliberately trying to do a subterfuge to make the rebels think that they narrowly escaped the trap or to avoid the rebels realizing that they were in the middle of a trap that was to be sprung. Okay. Mm -hmm. They were not fucking around on Hoth, and you saw what happened. The rebels got rolled the fuck up in like ten minutes, and, and escaped. Killed Owen and Peru. That, that yeah, that was a horror show. <laughs> is 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 Obi Wan just like fucking with Luke when he's like these blast points too precise for an Imperial storm? It's like, like he's. I mean, like yeah, you just you have to like again. It's a meme. It's a funny fucking meme. Yeah, the yeah. stormtroopers can't shoot and plot armor and all that kind of stuff. And there's a element of truth to it. But to just to lean into that and be like, not nah, canonically, stormtroopers are just shit. It does violence to the setting, and I don't like it. Um. So yeah, if they can if they can do something cool with it, great. If not, then uh, you know, rip and tear until it's done. Uh, I guess that's my job as a Gen X Star Wars person. Right. Uh, anything else, Jim? No. Mando at baldmove.com if you want to if you want to risk if you want if you want to bring that pain. If you want if you want to if you want to do the 40 millionth time, suggest that we watch the the 17 episodes of Clone Wars, the 3 episodes of Rebels and the and and the fucking uh, what the, the what the caravan of courage? How uh -huh. many of you fuckers have seen the caravan of courage? How can you possibly understand Star Wars if you haven't seen the caravan of courage? I'm sorry, all you fake Star Wars right? fucks, get the fuck out. All the real ones, email us in at mando at baldmove.com. Uh, follow baldmove at twitter.com/baldmove. Uh, and if you care to support us relentlessly shitting on the thing that you love. Uh, we, we'd love to take your money at support.baldmove.com. All right, next week, another Mando. I will not be here. Correct. Because I am on the desert planet of Florida. Uh, <laughs> the water, it's it's kind of weird. It's kind of like half water, half desert, some swamp. It's It's got all the, the Star Wars biomes. Uh, uh -huh. And Jim will have a pinch hitter. Yeah, uh, Jason from Podcastica is going to be joining me. Uh, we're going to cover the next episode together old friends from the zombie wars mm -hmm. coming 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 to, to help us in our hour of need uh we'll see what he thinks and i'll be back the week after uh we'll see you then until then i'm aaron i'm jim later later